Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that has started the live stream seven minutes late and we're very, very, very sorry, but the podcast that also just really wants the World Cup to start now. Yeah, I'm kind of done with all of this faffing around now. I'm, I'm ready for the... At least there are squads to talk about. It feels like it's getting nearer, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I mean, we are only like what three weeks away, something like that. But yeah, well, I've, I've, I say, I've realised I'm away for the first week, and there's like just a plethora of games for me to watch while I'm on holiday, which is will probably keep me out of the sun, which is not good, I suppose, or maybe it's good. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, the 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 way this World Cup is set up is really weird, as as Warren Gatlin pointed out. There's like 13 days between Wales's like third and fourth games, and then like seven days or five days between the first two. So like scheduling is a mess, but Wales will basically get to go on holiday between <laughs> the Australia game and the final game against Georgia. So you know. So the so the England players you see on the Saturday at 9 p.m. Yes, you know, and I'm in. You know, imagine the amount of pissed people will be watching that. God bless the French and their un- unreasonably late kickoffs <laughs> for a bit of that shit. And, well, I'll be in Spain, so I'll get. I'll be on the same time as France. It will be nine o'clock for me, as opposed to eight o'clock, which it will be for ever if, if you're here. So, no, oh, that's boring. I thought it would be a nice. I thought it would be like when the top fourteen kicks off at like half past nine on a Sunday night. <laughs> oh, disappointing. But France, New Zealand is a hell of a way to open. You can't argue with that, can you? Good, so excited. Anyway, so yeah, we're all looking forward to that. Um, we're a little bit late because timings, but we're here. And hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I'll tell. Let me tell you how my weekend's been, Josh. My mm-hmm. cat is sneezing blood. That's not good. I've no, it's not. That. that is alarming. No, so I get up Sunday morning, and he's sneezing, and I feed him, and he's sneezing away. As he, and I thought something with him. 
And then I realised there's just like spatters of blood all around his bowl and on his front paw somewhere he's been doing it all night. I then immediately think, oh, my God, he's going to die. Yeah. And then look it up, and there's like numerous reasons which can be completely innocuous as to why this can happen, like an inflamed fucking nasal passage or a big piece of grass up his nose or some shit, which I won't put past him. I guess it's the same as like why do humans have nosebleeds? Sometimes it's exactly what the vet said when I took him on Sunday. Yeah, there's a there's there's a vet. One of our vets here. We've got an office in Flint here, and the main ones in in Mold. And (laughs) there's a vet that works here. He's called Max. Yeah, he's in his. I'm I'm guessing he must be late twenties, maybe thirty, because he's he's uh, he's from Yorkshire. He's six foot two. He's one of the most handsome men I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, so my, my wife doesn't normally take the cats to the vet, but she went the other week with for something, and now I was like, I'll take the cat to the vet. She was, you're going nowhere near that vet again. <laughs> That's what's happening here right now, Natalie, let me tell you. So, But yeah, even I was a bit like, Jesus, I'm going to bring the dog. So look at him. But can you imagine how, you know, and he's just incredibly kind to dogs and animals. And, and yeah. makes animals better. It, you know, he's he's a very is. popular lad. Is imagine how well that, that's that place. Oh yeah, I'm a vet. I take care of animals. I'm also yeah. incredibly handsome and tall. But yeah, so but yeah, so it turned. So they give him some anti-inflammatory stuff. They then said, "Well, to be honest, he seems all right. We we won't know what it is until we investigate it. And the best way to investigate the nasal cavity because it's quite complicated is a is an MRI scan, and that's eleven hundred quid." So we're better off waiting to see if he gets a bit better. And he seems better today. I will say that to him. He's had his anti-inflammatory and he's still sneezing a bit, but there's not blood coming out no more. So, so yeah, so that was my weekend. Slight panic with a cat. Yeah. I mean, my weekend was just trying to find my incredibly outdoors-focused son a way of being outside when it was fucking pissing down for most of it. So It wasn't bad up here. Was it bad down there, was it? It was... was it... It was fine for an hour or two, and then it would absolutely shit it shit it down in that sort of apocalyptic tropical way that it does in the summer. As so, one way for full waterproof clothing is the only way forward. Exactly. Over trousers, a lot. I, I was I was wearing shorts and a and a waterproof jacket, and Noah was wearing shorts and a waterproof jacket, and we just went to the park and we jumped in some puddles, and we did that for about two or three hours. What's that point at which you? you... Like just start to hate jumping in puddles because it's like the most joyous thing in the world, right to the point where it like drives you fucking crackers. The idea of like water coming into your shoes. Yeah, I think it's that is the point where you have to sort of deal with the the fallout of it, as opposed to just going home, you know, and having your mum take off your shoes and she dries them for you. Like, oh, I've got to deal with this now. I've got, I've got to be responsible for making sure these are dry enough for me to wear tomorrow. Yet another reason why being a grown up, you know. Just sucks ass, really. Yeah, it's awful. Hate it. Being a kid again, jumping in puddles, that's where it's at. I must must be honest, I did enjoy my my sort of jumping in puddles excuse on Saturday. Of course you did. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. So anyway, hello everybody. I'm Lee. Nice to see you all, as per, and over there is... Uh, I'm Josh. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm, I'm just quite tired today. I can't tell a lie, but you know. Rick Tyres, we're going to push on. Lots to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Lots to I'm talk about. Really excited to talk about uh, one of Wales's worst performances in the professional <laughs> era. You know, well, it's, yes. 
Opinions may vary, but let's have a look. So um, so that's what's going on here. If you want to get in touch with us, we're rattling through this today, and you're all going to be all over the place. If you want to get in all touch right. with us, you can get in touch with me, at Blood and Mud, on the husk of Twitter. Yes. And I'm also Lee at bloodandmud.com on either. What about you, Josh? Uh, still just about Josh Gardner on uh, on the Twitters, I suppose. Uh, and also uh, at Josh Gardner on Blue Sky, if you're that way inclined. We're on the Sports Social Network, who contacted us today to ask us if we'll be covering the Rugby World Cup, which I thought was an, was, was an interesting question. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know we can digress. Don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate how people could maybe be slightly confused if they listen to a couple of minutes excerpts here and there. But will we be covering the landmark global event of the sport that our podcast is about? I think so. <laughs> we mention, we'll definitely mention it. <laughs> in between talking about cats sneezing up blood, we might slip it in there at some point, yeah. Yeah. I got a a partnership inquiry thing uh, from from Green King the other day asking me if the brewery, I could... the pub. Yes, yes, because uh, Green King uh, are working on a project for the Rugby World Cup, encouraging fan support for Scotland, and so they asked me if I'd do a video of myself singing. What well, all Scotland. fans or just Scottish fans? Just Scottish fans. Uh, I... And why <laughs> emailed you because? I was just going to say I don't think I don't think anybody wants me to sing Fire of Scotland. I think they've. You know, I'm unpopular enough in Scotland as it is without doing what I do to the, to such a beautiful team. Yeah, I love you know, I love Flower of Scotland. It's a lovely team, but uh, beautiful team. Yeah, I don't think they they want me to. No, to sing. Even we were deeply like... unpopular with certain bits of Scotland last week. After some people <laughs> yeah. not be around what we said about Finn Russell, but we'll leave it at that. But um, we think he's playing very well. I just want to put, let the word go forth from here. That didn't come across last week. We think he's playing remarkably well. <laughs> that wasn't really obvious, but the fact that we were saying that he was brilliant. You know. I think that's what we're trying to say. Sorry that I got lost in translation. We're on Apple Podcasts, or everywhere you get your podcasts from, if you put us in, really. We're also on uh, Patreon.com. Into the sea, you and me, all the years that no one heard. I'll show you in spring, it's a treacherous thing we miss. You hiss the love slash the love slash. See, that's how you get me singing along. Just do a cure one, and I'm fucking right there, mate. Blood and Mud, where you can yeah. come along and get extra episodes and everything that goes with it. Facebook group, extra episodes, rugby history, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of things. Things. But mainly, we'll all be found at patreon.com. Bloodandmud.com. Yeah. It's not patreon.com slash bloodandmud.com. That's wrong. It's patreon.com slash bloodandmud. That's all you need to know. But get yourselves along there and support us because there'll be you know, lots of content in the World Cup and all that. And you'll want all of it. You won't want the bits cut out, will you? No, you, you might have to do extra World Cup episodes. And you this gold. Absolutely. Shall we begin, Josh, as we always like to begin, rapidly this week, it seems, with a player spotted? Uh, yes, I think we should. Shaggy DMs. That it wasn't him. Well, whether it was, you know, Shaggy, ex-Marine and reggae singer, is it reggae? It's probably, I'm going into realms of genres I don't understand, <laughs> but he's probably... Uh... Yeah, I mean... He, I remember he, he made a record with Sting. That can't have been good. 
Yeah, and I mean, if it if stings on it, then it probably is in some way reggae these days, sadly. Um, yeah, I think you can call Shaggy. I mean, he's from literally from Kingston, and there's a bit of dance hall in there, there's a bit of hip hop in there, but yeah, we call it reggae. Why not? Shaggy, that one, not the one yeah. from Scooby Doo, will always yeah. remind me of uh, the old arcade in Cardiff yes. in the early 2000s. Because we'd sometimes pile in there for a daft drink in karaoke, mm-hmm. and it was when it wasn't me was was doing the rounds. Yes, and they played it probably about three times a night in there. And the 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 clientele of the old arcade, it was right in their wheelhouse, shall we just say? Oh, absolutely, it is. Yeah, bang on. So anyway, Shaggy, who I'm assuming is neither of those people, neither the cartoon character, made flesh. Mm. Or the aforementioned dancehall stroke reggae person. Oh, Carolina, etc. Oh, Carolina. Mr. Boombastic, that was him as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, Shaggy's been nominated one, two, three, four, five times, six times, seven times for Best Reggae Album at the Grammys. So I think we can safely say he's reggae. Two wins, by the way. Not to be confused, because I did do sometimes, and I know it's a terrible thing to do, but I did sometimes get him mixed up with the bloke who did Boom Shakalak. Yes. That was Apache Indian, who's like a British bloke, which is completely and utterly, and a completely different genre and everything. Yes, but quite a similar vocal delivery. Yeah, um, thank you. I thought that was the case, but I didn't want to, you know, but I could be treading on, you know, thin ice here. So, Shaggy, I mean, Shaggy does not sound like how he performs. You know, <laughs> no. that, is, that is an affectation that he's. I should on. think not. I mean, trying to imagine phoning a call center to try and get your gas bill changed or something, and that's how you, that's how the stuff came out of your mouth in that meter. Exactly. You know what I mean? It would be a difficult conversation. Anyway. Anyway. Shaggy used neither of those people. DM'd me on Twitter. Thank you very much, Shaggy. He says, I've got a live player spotted, and I'm sorry if it isn't mundane enough, he says. I'm in a pub in Guildford watching South Africa versus Australia. So that must have been in the summer, obviously, which still Mm. is the summer, earlier in the summer. He said, and the the SA contingent of Harlequins are in here also watching, obviously supporting their teammate. Their tipple of choice seems to be Aperol Spritz or G&T, which I did not expect and blew my mind a bit, says Shaggy. I mean, this is the problem with modern rugby players is that they've got, you know, they can't afford to drink the amount of sugar that is at the point of beer. And, you know, they've got a... Gin and slimline all the way. They've got to slim drink it, you know. He said, I, didn't, I completely didn't recognise Erna Herbst without a beard and nearly tried to recruit him for my dog shit team. <laughs> which was well avoided, said Shaggy. I was going to say, that would have been funny. Imagine if he said but... yes, like Jerry Collins that time when he played for whatever team. What team you did know, he play for, Jerry uh, Collins? That time. Second 15. That's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So Shaggy in a pub in Guildford with the you know lower end of the Harlequins, of the SA contingent from Harlequins, who weren't obviously selected in the national team. Fair play. This might be a blasphemous thing to say, and somebody can put me right on this, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But I always got the impression that South Africans were not the biggest drinkers in a rugby world sense, culturally. Yeah. I don't think it's quite as. I mean, I'm sure that 
Castle Lager didn't sponsor the South African team for as long as they did without there being some sort of booze culture in there. But yeah, it's one of those things where I just I do not know about South African boozing culture. I mean, the, maybe that's the answer. I don't know. Therefore, I'm making assumptions that they don't because <laughs> I would have heard about it. I mean, they certainly don't have the reputation for getting on it like most other tier one rugby nations do, be it, you know, the British Isles or France or New Zealand or Australia. Even the, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they must the do. Rest of they yeah. must. Surely. So anyway, Shaggy, thank you very much for that. If you've got a play spot as you'd like to send in, you can do it on the DMs at Blood and Mud on mm-hmm. what's left of Twitter. You can do it on the Lee at bloodandmud.com on the email, or you can do it via the Patreon messaging service, which many of you do because many of you are Patreons because you go to oh. patreon.com blood and mud and come along and give us, you know, and stick some pound coins in mine and Josh's G-strings and vest straps. Metaphorical, I might add, you know. Yes. I'm not saying I'm against it. No. Should we have a get-together? Absolutely But not. you probably will be against it, all of you out there. So we're not going to yeah. push that forward. I wouldn't, no. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shall we do some news? I think we better add. Because we've got stuff. news and squads and weekends and all sorts to talk about. All that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, should we start with the funniest news up top? Well, okay. I don't know what it is, but yeah, let's do that. Uh, God has decided that Israel Folau is not going to play in the World Cup for Tonga. <laughs> Well, it must be a bit of a shocker for Israel, mustn't it? Because yeah. it's to this point, as we've we've long, you know, established that he believes God's will is whatever gives him money, yeah, and allows him to play rugby. It, it seems, <laughs> but it seems that the, the 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 big fella himself has now decided that it's time he's going to exert some of <laughs> some different kind of will in Israel's world. And I am extremely here for it. Like <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just really funny, like. I mean, I'm sure it's not if you're him, but I'm not him, <laughs> no. so I don't care. Um, but yeah, you know, for a man who has spent the last five or six years 
going around sort of telling everybody that like you know him playing rugby is God's will, and you know God, it, if he was as in favour with God as he thinks he is, um, maybe God would want him to be a more successful rugby player than he currently is, but he's <laughs> not, so he isn't. I love the idea of God. You know, people do say God. You know, some, some people believe there is a vindictive God. <laughs> I don't believe that, but some people do. But I do like the idea that God has been sat there for the past like four years or whatever long it is, just going, I'll just, just, Five just wait. I just let him carry on until yeah. it's a couple of weeks out from the big showpiece event, and he thinks he's got it. It's all sorted. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have even, this happening. We'll, we'll even make it out that him playing in Japan is somehow an acceptable substitute for what his talent should be doing, and. Uh... <laughs> And yeah, yeah, and then right when he and we'll think that that's fine, and he, and we'll let him think that that's totally acceptable and normal. And then right when he he thinks that he's he's finally going to get the last laugh, he he, he absolutely doesn't. So... That's what you get, says God, for weaponizing my love into your own hate. You yeah. tosser is well, probably what he would say. Stuff. Yes. Ah. Uh... So he's not in the World Cup anyway. From a t- no, from a, he will a, not. A, a Tonga, which of course he knows. tragically will not be recovering in time uh, to to add his unique talents to the global showpiece. And I think I speak for everyone here when I say that we're really sad about this. In other, in other, kind of, <laughs> in, in other uh, amusing, but what? Well, in other news. You will remember, Josh, and listeners will remember, of course, mm-hmm. that we did go through a bit of a period each week of doing, for some reason, and it started with, I blame Robbie Squidge for this, because it started when he came on once, and we diverted from that fucking ceremonial goat that Tasker Watkins looked like. That's where it started, yes. into doing an entire series on war animals. Yes. Which which, which we all enjoyed. Which we all enjoyed, but it has, yeah, on reflection, probably the weirdest like <laughs> long-term tangent we've ever done. Probably thematically and just like from a a perspective of like what else this podcast is generally about, sort of the lionization of uh, animals at warfare is is a real left, even by our standards, a real left, hard left turn. However, 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 everyone will remember that one of our featured war animals and one of our favourite war animals. Well, another week, you know, they're all our favourites, really. But you know, yes. everyone, everyone has well, a favourite child, really. But is is that Sunil's Olaf, the famous penguin at Edinburgh Zoo, who is who was a brigadier in the Norwegian army? Yes, lest we forget. Yeah, of course, Nils the third, Sir Nils, of course, the third or fourth. His title's passed down to each generation of, of penguin in the zoo since yes. 1962, I believe. Yes. Uh, King Penguin, of course. And, uh, yeah, he's been... He's the official mascot of the Norwegian King's God. Yet, for some reason, he lives in Edinburgh Zoo. I still don't really understand that part. But, yes. It's not for us to understand such greatness, it's Josh. Not. We're too feeble to, to understand the life of, Nils, of really Nils Olaf III. And, anyway... Why have we brought him up again today? He's been, thank you to Fee Hunter and others for bringing it to our attention, the fact that he has been promoted. Indeed. He is now genuinely the third most senior, he's the third highest ranking official in the Norwegian army. Uh, <laughs> he's been, he's he been promoted to Major General from Brigadier. Yes, of the Norwegian King's Guard. And, and it, there he is. Look, 
there he is being awarded his uh yeah, his major he's got his new appellate on his fin there. He has. He looks uh looks dead chuffed. As it's probably a wing, a not a fin, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes, what is the when, when you're talking penguins, it's a bit of a you know yeah. is it a fish, is it a bird, is it a bit of both? Who who can really say? So yeah, he's he's moved up through the ranks. He was a corporal in nineteen eighty two. He must have done some service. It's remarkable how and he's moved right through. Yeah, you know, I know he's had a long career, but yeah, you know, from corporal to I mean what I mean he's been commissioned. The... He's gone from a non commissioned penguin yeah. to a fully commissioned penguin because that that you know, he went from regimental sergeant RSM in two thousand and one to the colonel yeah. to, to a colonel. Hell of a hell of a, must have done some hell of a service. So I mean, to get that not, you know, Major General is, there's not many, like he's got Lieutenant General, like Colonel or Army General, and then you're talking like Field Marshal, you know? I mean, yeah, how um, long before he basically is in charge of the, of the, the, the whole of Norway, general. basically? Yeah. Any day now, I would say. And that's probably because they're not in the EU. That's what's possible. So now, because of Brexit, we could have an animal in charge of our entire military. Yeah, and why not? And if you'd have picked that in the vote in 2016, I mean, I'd have been all in with Brexit. I, I tell you, say, I would have been much more Brexity if that had been a vibe. So to give him his full title now, Sir Nils, and it's been a lovely to remind ourselves of him. His full hmm. title now is is um, Major General Sir Nils Olav the Third, Baron of the Bouvet Islands. I mean, that's the other thing. He was a corporal, and he's also been knighted. You know, he's. You don't tell me that social mobility can't happen in the twenty first century. You know, it's he's he's living proof. I mean, the king of Norway had to approve his knighthood. These are not these are not unserious things that have happened here. You know, this is a serious thing. Exactly. It might sound incredibly unserious, but it is. Extremely serious, in fact. And the Norwegian, I mean, they sent over shitloads of soldiers to play to him today as he meandered about in his penguin way. Shitloads. Yeah. I mean, you know, I imagine probably a lot of the Norwegian military are praying for war because if this is what they're up to now, <laughs> you know, they'd rather do something more constructive. But... Give us something to do. I can't <laughs> do a ceremonial thing for that fucking penguin again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what a man! What? What? what, what a, not a man. What a penguin! What a bird! What a bird! What a bird! What a story! An inspiration to every single one of us, Indeed. fowl or fish or human. Indeed. Hats off to you. I salute you. Quite, Major General. Uh, should we do the second funniest bit of news? Uh... Okay. Yeah, we've had the important news. What's? Let's go back to funny news. Uh, Steve Hansen's joining the Wallabies coaching ticket. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't yet seen the video where Dane Coles finds out in real time that Steve Hansen has joined the Wallabies thing, it is absolutely incredible stuff because his reaction is all of our reactions. And that reaction is a mixture of anger and disbelief. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it's it's so. He goes through an entire grief cycle in like a minute of an interview, doesn't and he? You, and he's quite clearly like processing 
it in a in quite a like I'm not like he genuinely goes through very like there's grief, there's bargaining, there's there's disbelief, there's <laughs> a flash of anger, and then at the end there is sort of like acceptance where he's just sort of like I'm sure he wouldn't like you know tell any of the old black secrets. It's like man, yeah. this guy, this guy sold himself to you know venture capital backed rugby format that was never happened. Well, was all that called X something or another shit, wasn't it? Yeah. It was so irrelevant, I've forgotten what it was even called, that short-lived thing that was going to replace rugby that he made himself... I've forgotten that it was... I can't even summon to mind even slightly what you're talking about. That's how far out of my consciousness that is. It was... He rugby X? No. It was like a thing that was... I can't even... Fuck, I can't remember what it was called, man. But like basically, it was a new rugby format that was like twelves or something like that, was it? And it was basically like claiming that they were going to like basically pay a million pounds for George North to play like three weeks of rugby or something, and they were going to totally rechange, rewrite the map of rugby union, and then it was just it the one never... Ben Ryan was all over. Or was no, that, that rugby was, X? That was rugby X, which was sevens but with a shit branding um <laughs> it was fewer players longer time and, and poor ben crazy. ryan spent weeks on twitter responding to everybody who said it was shit didn't he by it saying didn't. it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you why it isn't it was though ben god love you you put a lot you're obviously i hope you've been paid by the character for these defenses that you're doing genuinely i loved how bad it was that rugby X thing. I watched every minute of it and I I just couldn't. World 12s, that's what it was called. God, I don't even remember that. That was uh Incept that that literally lasted two months where it came out that World 12s was going to launch in 2022 with the backing of uh Ian Ritchie and Steve Hansen. And uh, Jake White was involved as well. Steve Tew was involved, and it was basically they basically said it was. Going to of be course, like, Jake White was involved. Fucking hell, yeah. Um, and that was the one. It was there was going to be like rugby's IPL was what they were thinking it as, and right. then literally it lasted, I think, less than eight weeks before World Rugby went. Well, we're not going to sanction it. Then. Instead, it became rugby's cricket max. <laughs> basically, yeah, and so. Uh, quietly, it was supposed to start August 2022. You will notice that didn't happen. Uh, it was going to t- take place in Twi- in England in August 2022, and World Rugby basically said absolutely not. And that was, yeah, it was apparently going to be 250 million dollars worth of prize pot, and it was going to take place over three weeks. It was just incredibly stupid. Anyway, it sounds like Alan Stanford's been let out of prison and tried to get involved <laughs> in rugby or something. <laughs> it had big Stanford 2020. <laughs> even World Rugby went, no. no <laughs> but Steve Hansen said, yes, Steve yes, Hansen, I think I'd quite yeah. like this. So that maverick visionary is uh, <laughs> going to be consulting with Eddie Jones and the Wallabies for a couple of weeks. Because, to be honest with you, 
They say he's only going to do it for a week, but that's probably like the average length of contract that Australia are handing out to assistant coaches these days. So, Shall we stay in Australia with the not funny news that's kind of related to that story? Yeah. Which uh, we could have done in shit as well, let's be honest, which is which is that women's rugby players in Australia are not happy. And fucking correct. At all. <laughs> yeah. And enti- entirely justifiably, women's rugby players in Australia are slightly knocked that they've been told that there's no money for their professional team and yet for even a uh, coach or for even or them to like fly coach. home from places you know just luxury yeah. items like that yeah. all the while every partner of the current wallaby squad has basically been phoned business class to wherever they're having their little pre-tournament camp so they can have a nice little Send and they're probably paying Steve Hansen for two weeks' work. What did it cost for a professional coach for a women's team oh, for a year? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they spent five million quid on a lad from NRL who isn't even here yet. They were very unhappy about that, weren't they? Which is not yeah. the lad's fault. You know, he's offered a contract. No. He's going to fucking take it, isn't he? But it's uh, it's like you, yeah, you said it. we had no money, then you paid five you million quid for a lad all, from the NRL. Yeah, you could probably have funded Australia's entire women's programme for a year for the amount of money you paid to get him out of the NRL. And so they've quite rightly... And, and to be honest with you, you fucking get that energy from the guys who are in charge of Rugby Australia since uh, Raining Castle stepped down. You know, She basically went, fine, fuck a lot of you then. <laughs> and she got so fucking bored and fed up of, like, ex-players going, oh, you're doing a shit job, you're doing a shit job. And so, you know, she just went, fine, fuck you then, whatever, see you later. Now it's mainly run by Blazers, who are, you know, not historically sports administrators. And a lot of what they've been doing in the last couple of years has been throwing a hell of a lot of money at a lot of things that may work and may not. You know, one of those things was Eddie Jones. Another one of those things is a rugby world cup. Some of it has been undeniably positive, but like they spent a lot, they've done a lot of throwing money at stuff, and there's not been a great deal of improvement. And you've got to wonder at what point that will. <laughs> you can understand if you're a women's team player or a professional, you know, a, a, one, a wannabe professional player in Australia, and you're seeing a sort of tunnel vision focus on getting the Wallabies men back to being good. Meanwhile, the Wallabies women have the potential to be very, very good indeed and are just being ignored. And I imagine they're probably thinking, yeah, but if we do incredibly well in a World Cup, you know, it's that whole, that will lift all boats, you know, if we can get some income and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's 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 classic wrong. I, I don't think that's... It's not, of course, it wouldn't be a bad thing if any team, men's team, does well in a World Cup, you know, for for their no. for their nation and for their union. However, it just keeps ignoring the basic fact that just you know we just watched a women's football World Cup end with England. I think that is exactly why it has been. It's happened now, basically, isn't it? Not just because the World Cup has started, but because yes. it's very, very evident, especially in a culture that has a much more a much stronger tradition of women playing sport than a lot of other places in the Western world do, you know? Um, yes, you and know. popular support for the women 
yeah. for women doing well in sport. That's the other thing yeah. as well. People interested in their sports teams. Yeah, like doing netball well. is a you know netball is a fully professional and widely followed sport in you know in Australia. And it's, and they, but it ignores the fact that there is you know the growth potential in our sport now, which is what mm. we talk about on occasion, is uh, is the women's game. Look, you know, yeah. just look across at football and look, you know, all the, that's not a load of people who, that's not just a load of people who normally watch rugby. In fact, uh, football. In fact, the shitloads of people who normally watch football who still won't watch it because they're arseholes. Yeah, a certain type of men. It's a lot of new people watching that sport and filling those stadiums and, and becoming interested. And it's going to be exactly the same in rugby. So it's it's just short. You know, if you just want to be mercenary about it, it's just kind of short sighted. As we even get to the fact. That it's just a shit house thing to do. I was going to say, just more, you know, morally in and of itself, it's fucked up. But like, it's real dumb. They're making a lot and lot of choice. These are all choices. These things are always presented with. Like they said in the thing, didn't they? You tell us there's not enough money to pay the men, and then you pay five million quid something NRL, and Eddie's got eight coaches. They're all choices. They're all choices you could have chosen not to do. Yeah. So not they, a huge amount of material effect on what you're trying to do with a men's team either. I don't no, think spending five million quid on a talented young winger from is going to revolutionise a men's rugby team. It just isn't. No. And especially one who's never really played the fucking sport. No, he's all. a talented lad, you know. And the, and the, the NRL are pissing themselves because they'll just go, "Well, we've got about ten lads that look like him in our academies. We'll just go and get one of them again. Why can't you do that? Why are you so stupid?" <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's definitely a. It's just. It's such a bad look for a con, you know, a union that has not always done things the right way, but has at least broadly most of the time tried to be, you know, certainly in the, the previous regime tried to be on the right side of history with everything, hmm. to sort of now be like. Oh yeah, well, this is just tough shit. I'm sorry that you know you women want to play this sport professionally, but uh, have you seen how much money we've got to pay Eddie Jones for the next five years? And the, oh, he's technically in charge of you as well, but like he doesn't really care. Yeah, like, again, which is all a choice. You know, these are all positive choices that were made to spend the money there, not there. Yeah, and it's like you know, with women's sport. Like, if as everything over the last two or three years of women's sport has evidenced, like if you give women's sport the opportunity to shine, it will equal, if not eclipse, anything that the men's game does in terms of the spectacle and show, the characters, the entertainment value, all of that stuff. So, as you say, it's, rugby is a sport on its fucking ass, especially in Australia, where it simply cannot compete with the NRL and with Aussie rules. And no matter how much money they want to throw at it, it's still always going to be struggling for that sort of eyeball relevance. Whereas there is a whole fucking, you know, obviously there's the NRL women, but like it's not nearly as big a fucking deal. <laughs> And there's a huge appetite for women's sport in Australia, as evidenced by everything that's happened in the last four weeks in Australia. You know, as is, is every sold-out fucking netball final evidences 
you know, it it's just short-sighted, man. It's stupid. And ultimately, they will look like fools in 10 or 15 years' time if they don't. Because everyone else will be like, oh, well, look at all this money we're making off women's rugby. Why aren't you doing that? And you have to assume as well that you have to conclude that nobody's engaging with them. Yeah. Because otherwise, why would you be out there? Even if, you know, even if they sat down and said, look, we're spending money on this for these reasons, which means there's only this. You know, it's just it's just a fucking nonsense. It really well, is. It's, it's, Fair yeah, do to them, though, for, for getting out there and bloody kicking some ass, really, all he's trying well, to. Time and time again, it's been proven that, like, even when, you know, the only way that female athletes actually get anything in terms of change is by standing up like this. And and quite often, even when they do that, as in the case of like the Spain's women's football team, their federation just fucking ignores them because they don't care. Yeah, I mean, they basically won that World Cup in spite of the bastards that were trying to run them. So Yeah, and there's the fucking dickhead of a coach. And yet, it's like everything that they try and do, like only the, the only option they, these people have is the nuclear option. So who can fucking blame them for using it, you know? It's, uh, I don't know, it's it's depressing that we're still having those conversations in rugby when women's rugby is in such a fantastic place and women's sport in general is having such a fucking long overdue moment and we're still going, oh, but it doesn't pay for itself yet, does it? Oh, it doesn't attract the sponsorship the men's game does yet. No, because it's been fucking artificially put down for the last 150 years. Well done. Yes, and as that, um, as that, um, and it is a prejudicial thing because people just present it as cold economics. But as somebody said in that that documentary, that they said that actually, if, if you put a slide deck up to an investor of potential market size, growth in the past fifteen years, potential for more growth, people would be snatching your fucking hand off to invest in it. Then you go, oh, by the way, it's women's rugby, and they go. Oh. You know, it's, it, it just all reason goes out the window. It is, a, it is a prejudicial thing. It's just ridiculous. It is, and it's a, it's a prejudicial thing that comes from a fucking shitload of misogyny and paternalism as well. Just yes. to know about this, like women's football is kind of on the verge of acceptability because it's not a full contact sport. You know, netball is allowed to be because it's like you know traditional, even though it, you know, the athletes are nothing of the sort, but it's perceived as a sort of traditionally feminine sport and all this sort of stuff. And But women's contact sports have you know, a huge and long tradition and are fucking awesome, by the way. So, like, yeah. I know we're preaching the choir here. You yes, we are. And we could go on for a while, but no, fair fucks for standing up and hopefully we will watch and see what happens. <laughs> uh, back in the men's game, Mm. Uh, it's double hearing time tomorrow with uh, Owen Farrell, the revenge. Yeah. And, uh, and Billy Vonopola both being heard in the same day at different stages of the disciplinary process. Yeah. So Billy As Steve Borthwick said after the game on Saturday, we're just going to focus on what we can control because we can't control that. Okay. I think you can. I think maybe you can. Billy could have controlled that, couldn't he? Probably. But. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, so he's going to... But what face... else are you going to say? What oh, a exactly. shit show, but we'll come on to that later on. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Billy's facing the music Tuesday evening uh, and then presumably a game the following Monday when World Rugby appeals. Uh, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> um, Billy Bunapola's panel, by the way, uh, is uh, 
two Scots and a Welshman. Uh, the extremely generously named former Welsh international Jamie Corsi. Jesus Christ, that is a that is name. a new one on me. It must be said. Oh, he isn't a full Wales. He went on the um, horrendous. 2007 World Cup warm-up tour of Australia that Wales went on, which I just, I'd forgot, I sort of... As who, did he, most... who did he play for? I don't even remember him he in played, any way he, whatsoever. He played, very, he, played for, he played for everybody. He played for, like, Newport for a bit, played for uh, the Drags for a bit, played for Cardiff for a little while, played for Netley. Then he went to, like try and restart his career by going to play in New Zealand and then it just never happened. But like, yeah. Uh, a guy who... Yeah, that's 2007 tour of... I, I still, I've forgotten it had happened, but before the Rugby World Cup in 2007, instead of playing warm-up matches like normal people, <laughs> Wales went to Australia and played two tests against Australia in Australia and then came back to play the World Cup in France, where Australia were in their group. I mean, and you they... can't deny, though, it worked a treat when it, when it came to the tournament, didn't it? <laughs> they, that 2007, like, I genuinely think that of all of the low points in Welsh rugby, <laughs> I genuinely think... Of the litany that, of low points. <laughs> that tour might have been the worst... Like. <laughs> My lowest ebb. It can't have been worse than South Africa in '98. It can't be. Oh no, it was because Wales lost. I mean, they were a joke in '98, weren't they? I suppose they that's were. the thing. I, I mean, Wales were a joke in what This Wales team, right? This Wales team, right? Lee Byrne, Gareth Thomas, Jamie Robinson, uh, Sonny Parker, Chris Checkey, James Hook, Mike Phillips, Jonathan Thomas, Gavin Thomas, Colin Charvis, Rob Sadoli, Brent Cobain, Adam Jones, Matthew Reese, Yeston Thomas, with Richard Ibbard. Michael Owen, Gareth Cooper, Kenny Sweeney, Kerry Sweeney, and Gavin Enson on the bench, right? Lost 21 Oh, I so wish he was called Kenny Sweeney. That would work even better for him. <laughs> Kenny would be better, wouldn't it? Um, they lost 29-23 to Australia, right? The Australia team that was starting Sam Norton Knight at fly half and, and you'll enjoy this, uh, Matt Gitto at nine. Yes. <laughs> then the following week, much the same team, uh, lost 31-0 to uh, a much-changed Australia team that still had Matt Gitto at nine, but also had Stephen Larkham at ten. 31-0. Hey, you're laughing. Sam Costello's covering nine. But more on that in a minute. <laughs> uh, it was a genuinely horrendous... Well, the worst part is that Gareth Tot- like Nigel Davis was coaching that team as well. So, like... Oh. The thing is, he was, Nigel Davis was the archetypal, let's just give it a lash, lads. I think he was probably the last dregs of a let's just give it a lash, lads coach, wasn't he? It's good, but that's the thing, it's got to be a mistake that when it says that Nigel Davis was the coach. Oh, so yeah, because that was pre World Cup, wasn't it? The that thing was... is, like, because it can't, Gareth Jenkins can't have sent Nigel Davis just to coach the lads on tour the month before. Like, everything about it just makes my head hurt. Anyway. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like flying, Nigel. Can you take him down there? I'm going to drive over to <laughs> drive over to France. I am. Yeah. Anyway, Jamie Corsi was on that tour on the well, uh, and, and now is, he's fucking now, full of piss and vinegar. Billy, and then, uh, now Willie Runafola's fate is in his hands, <laughs> along with 
Uh, ex Scott. Well, speaking of low watermarks, Frank Haddon is on the. Uh... Always. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the fucking heavy hitters of international <laughs> rugby history, isn't it? Yeah, and and a KC by the name of Roddy Dunlop, who's Scottish, uh, and looking at his Twitter page, seems to retweet a lot of uh, quite turfy stuff. So I guess at least him and Billy Boonfall will have something in common. But you know, well, maybe that's what he's going to play on. You know, Roddy. You know, you know me and you. You know, you know, gender, gender safe, you know, gender safe. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyway so uh, we will find yes, out about that. We will see. I don't think there's. Any way whatsoever, Farrell is not getting a further punishment tomorrow because otherwise, why would they have done it? Why would they bother? So, Indeed, it's like yeah. you, you don't... it's like when the referee goes to the screen on the football and the TMO, <laughs> you know what's coming. Exactly, when he runs over to the little VAR thing, it's ninety nine point nine percent chance that he's awarding a penalty or a red card. Did you see? I mean, there's lots of talk about the ref in the women's football. If anybody did see it, there's lots of talk about the ref's performance. But Spain was yes. so much better than England; it's all window oh, yeah. dressing. But I didn't realise, because I'd only dipped in, I'd, I'd not seen all the matches under Bin VAR before, that they've now got NFL-style headsets where they're announcing, I love it. I love which that. is great, by the way. Yeah. But did you see how much she was fucking loving it when she came yeah. back from that screen on Sunday? Absolutely living There it. has been a handball, which means it's a penalty! <laughs> <laughs> Big point. <laughs> I always wanted some pyrotechnics to go off and a flyby or something. It was doing great. <laughs> But yeah, I'm uh, all for this. I want more of this, I say. The old NFL star, let me tell you what's just happened. Hell yeah. More of that. More of that in rugby as well, actually. Because, look, yeah. I, people shouldn't have to learn hand singles to know what the thing was for. Ben Whitehouse's anyway. voice should be piped loud across the entire stadium. <laughs> the volume's so loud, it's starting <laughs> to distort. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. It has a sort of all Let me tell you what I'm it. seeing, right? <laughs> you want to talk some sort of ring modulation almost? <laughs> <laughs> it's before the player went in the first time, I think. <laughs> really have that sort of metallic nastiness <laughs> to it, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that's tickled us far more than anybody else listed. I bet. Anyway, um, I haven't got any more news. Have you got any more news? Well, the France and Wales squads are the only other bits of news. Oh, yeah. to Talk about. But did you want to leave them till after the games? Because we're no doubt going to talk about the effects of the games on some of the selections. Are we? Or are we? Yeah, let's do it that way. Why not? Okay, so that means we're heading into our weekend. Fin de semana, as they say in Spain. Indeed. Uh, where we're going to talk about the games, and that means we say goodbye to the people who don't bother sticking any money under our vest straps. Honestly. So all you non-patrons can do one. So see you all in a bit. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Anything else on the weekend? No. Should we do squads now then? Yeah, that's the end of the weekend. So we'll welcome back our non-patron listeners and we can talk about squads, can't we? Indeed. So we've got... The Wales squad has been named. Jack Morgan and Dewey Lake as co-captains. Yeah, must make you very happy. I'm I'm happy. I just it's a it just feels like a weird one. Like I do want like nobody would have batted an eyelid if Jack Morgan had just been made the captain, and because Dewey Lake's obviously injured, so I do wonder if Dewey Lake being injured has made him go. I kind of want. I wonder if his long-term plan was captain built different. And like he's he's kind of had to sort of moderate it a little bit because he knows that there's a fair chance that Derry Lake is going to miss some of, if not most, of the group games. And yeah, I, I wonder. But you know, he said that the captain on the day will make the decision. I don't know how you decide that. How does that even work? <laughs> <laughs> they take it in turns. I don't know. Either no, way, you no, hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> They just they rock paper scissors it. I don't know. <laughs> they both turn up to the captain's coin toss and they have a wrestle, and whoever emerges victorious uh, gets to do the coin toss with the opposition captain. That's my suggestion. So nothing scanning it for me. Nothing hugely surprising. Maybe something tiny eyebrow raised. Tame bashing, but I suppose he did make. He was he was visibly I mean, making a difference when he was coming on in games. Wasn't yeah, he? What happens when you don't have any good locks left? Uh, just don't pick any. Is Warren Gatlin's solution? <laughs> like, you know, Corey Hill, Alan Jones, both gone. Uh, guess I'd just pick Will Rowland, Stav Jenkins, and Adam Beard, and then hope nobody gets concussed at any point. Are we going to have to see a lot more of Chris Chinzer at lock than anybody wants to see? Um, yeah, t- I, I, I know he said it was injury based, but I do feel like Tame Plumtree having an absolute stinker against England that's really. Has really pissed his chip. <laughs> I think he'd have been in the squad if he'd have even played like ten percent as good as he played when he came on in that first game. He'd probably be on the plane. But uh, yeah, Basham's an interesting picking. Basham and Wainwright says to me that he is as much as he says that Falatau is going to be fine. I think he's a bit worried about Falatau hmm. um, because you surely you don't need two hybrid six eights in a squad unless you're concerned that one of them is going to have to start one or more of the games. I don't know, man. It's Dan Lydia must be made up, wasn't he? Yeah. You pick one specialist six, you pick a hybrid six set, like six four, and you pick a two six eight. It's a weird but weird old approach to blindside flanking, if ever I've seen one. And then the backs are, well, Anscombe's, been given the nod. I think there was a worry that he, was, he wasn't going to make it, but he's been... Costello did enough, which I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. Uh, absolutely no problem with Plus it. Plus, he's covering, he's covering nine. He's going to be basically going to be Wales's Morgan yeah, Parra stroke. 
Yeah. Dimitri Ashvili, basically. I think the fact that he's stuck with Anscombe, even though Anscombe hasn't played a minute of rugby or been to any of the camps, says a lot about, A, how highly he rates Anscombe as a player. And conversely... How... And, well, conversely like, <laughs> how lowly he rates the other options he's been forced to take. Well, perhaps. yeah, three, 380... Like, he's picked three backs in Dan Bigger, Lee Halfpenny and, and Gareth Anscombe, who... You could all you could see all three of them being consigned to the scrap heap at some point in the very near future, and you know, arguably Lee Halfpenny's probably a little bit overdue it. But that says to me that he's picked three eighty percent goal kickers for a reason, and that reason is we know we're not going to score many tries, and we're going to try and keep these games close and tight. So, goal kicking is going to be very important. And so they don't want to leave themselves in any situation where there is not at least one eighty or ninety percent goal kicker on the pitch. And then a big thing that nobody really wants to talk about is that the two twelves and Nick Tompkins and Johnny Williams. It makes me want to howl, right? Because <laughs> genuinely, how the fuck have we ended up here? And the reason how we've ended up here is Blaine Pivot. Yeah, but like he was like he gave Max Llewellyn so much rope <laughs> to make himself a thing. This time around, he gave him a full game against England. He gave him 30 minutes at the end of this game. And he was just shit. Like, in a similar way that Ben Carter sort of played himself out of possession, like by not really doing anything spectacular, not fucking up and not doing anything particularly good either. Like, Slewellyn just basically handed us, like, 80 minutes, you know, over the course of two games, 80 minutes of doing nothing much, really. And like, and John, you know, Johnny. I assume that Gatlin's hope is that Johnny Williams can play four games without getting injured, which is a stretch. Um, and that he can play more like he did, you know, in that first twenty minutes, which is probably the best twenty minutes he's ever played for Wales. Like, if he plays yeah. like that on in the World Cup, then then Wales will be you know Wales will be a much better team as a result. The problem is that the second 40 minutes of that game, Johnny Williams absolutely took a fucking shit with his clothes on. And he wasn't the only one by any stretch of the imagination, but like he went from good to real bad real quick. Talk about people who, you know, played themselves out of contention. Not that he was ever in contention, but it just reminded me of Teddy Williams on Saturday. <laughs> he came on for his glorious debut, well, bless him. And then four minutes later, he was like, get off. <laughs> and it was like, seriously, I've just come on and I've done what every second row does in this situation. I've just got myself in the way. And now I'm in the bin because I'm the very, 14th person to do it in the last it, 10 minutes. It was very harsh on him, I thought. I don't think he necessarily deserved the card for that. However, yeah. it was really funny. It was, um, yeah. God, look. It wasn't even sweating. He went back to the game, went sat down without even a sweat on on the plastic. <laughs> I feel for Kieran Asarati. I really do because I don't think he did too much wrong over the last couple of weeks. But the reality is, he's just not very good at scrummaging. And no, you like it is still important for tight. Like even in this world of like modern day, do everything tight heads, scrummaging is important, especially when you're in a group with fucking Georgia. And whatever anybody can say about Henry Thomas, he's a good scrummager. And it's, yeah. But I do feel for him because I think he, he he gave a good account of himself and a better account of himself than I think anybody could have expected over the last couple of weeks. And it, it's it's harsh on him. 
So I don't know much else to say there. I think, you know, no. it's probably about as good as it could have been, is it? Yeah, I would have loved somebody With else. With what's to actually available. Yeah. You can't magic love... a fucking International 12 that you have super confidence no. in out of nowhere, can you? Yeah, I would have loved somebody to take that, you know, take the opportunity to show that they are a, an option a 12. And, you know, it is a real shame that obviously Gatlin's fucking choice at, you know, who, should, who Gatlin wanted to be playing 12 at uh at this World Cup, obviously, is unavailable for his own reasons. But like, it's how how different could this World Cup have been with Joe Hawkins at twelve? We'll never know. But uh, yeah. yeah, the thing is, you'd have been more confident going in with Joe Hawkins at twelve because at least you're thinking this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. But I wouldn't have been going in thinking, and he solved all the problems. He was oh, still, you know, he so still had so. lots of moments, didn't he? But it was yeah, and yeah. he still had a lot of work and a lot of work on yeah. to do. You know, say what you like about Johnny Williams, he is a much more straightforward implement for Gatlin to utilise than sort of a footballing 12 in Joe Hawkins' mould, you know. Johnny Williams will run hard and straight and he won't do anything else. <laughs> and if if Gatlin can get a team out of him, which it wouldn't be the first time he's got the team out of a fucking big lump who was extremely limited in most other ways. So, like, yeah. You can stay fit. Happy days. France have named their squad as well. Yeah. Um Munch, fit enough to be named in the squad is pretty massive news. Yes. A horrible cunt in all the right ways. And makes France at least 5% better just by being there. Hasn't played a minute in the warm-ups, though, which does make me wonder how close to fitness. It'll just make sure he's double fuming when they finally pick him, so it'll be fine. Are they saving, are they thinking like he's going to be fit for the final or the semi-final or something? In which case, oh, what a boost that would be if they could suddenly stick your launch on the bench. They're basically saying that um, obviously Intermac is, is, as we all know, literally irreplaceable because they've not bothered replacing. They're basically taking two scrollards and Ramos can fill in if he has to. (laughs) Which is what we're all here for, let's be honest. And also, uh, a hat tip to uh, Biel Diarre for... Uh, yes, for, what a late like, dash. Yeah, what looked like a squad that was far too random quality and settled to have a late bolter. And he's just gone, nope, I'm fucking brilliant. I think you'll find I am going to make myself undroppable. And uh, yeah, fair play to him. It's pretty damn strong, is is, <laughs> is all we conclude, isn't it, really? Oh, Cyril buys fit. Yeah. You know, all the stuff you thought they might give him a little yeah, bit the of exception, a, the internet a problem. Thing was obviously a massive fucking blow, but everything else it's just going to be like, yep, beat that then, everyone else. Yes. Not much else to say there, really, don't think. No, it's as good as we all expected it to be. Right, so shall we move on to shit good to finish off this week? Yeah. Have you got any shit? Uh, yeah, I mean, you've kind of got the vibe of it anyway, but having to watch Tom Rogers and Kelly Evans play for Wales, like, <laughs> look, they're both like really, really good club players, but it should never have come to this, Lance's Yeah, it would at times it was like sticking a learner driver behind the wheel of an 18 wheeler on Saturday. It was like you were so far out of your fucking comfort zone and out of your depth here, Lance. It's not fair on you, and it's not fair on any of us having to watch it. 
Yes, indeed. Uh, we've obviously always talked about the Ben Earl thing, which was just hilarious. And Itoji's weird dancing, punching thing he did at one point, which was ridiculous. Yeah. And I think the thing is, people say, well, so Mario, Pizzo Mario did it this, that. It's like, yeah, but they're winning. Yeah. It doesn't look anything like it. You know, you just look like a an arrogant sod if you do it when you're winning. You don't look like, you don't look ridiculous, which is what you not look like, really. But yeah. What else have we got here that's shit? Jack Hurst says shit is Fiji scoring push-over tries. While incredibly, yeah. incredibly promising for them, this is not an acceptable way for them to score, and we shouldn't stand for it. It's yet more reason why, you know, people from certain nations should be very afraid. Yeah. It's not going to go well. That's... Prepare yourself. You've got three weeks. Just prepare yourself for this. Fraser Manson says shit, and I've not heard this, is the SRU's tackle height change. Unlike in England, there is no requirement for the ball carrier to make an attempt to remain upright. Once this had been explained to us on Saturday, players from both sides were deliberately dipping into contact, completely negating any advantage from the new tackle height. Q four yellow cards, one red, and endless penalties. It'll take some working through. I think we all know that, don't we? But uh, yeah, that sounds frustrating. Yeah, you, can come, you can come into it with a certain level of... if. You know, if X happens, then Y will also happen since, surely. <laughs> Andy Bradshaw says, shit, is that penalty try in the Wales game? Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Actually, did when we called oh, yeah. the game. But said, I'm sorry, but the bot player had missed it, possibly knocked it on, and although you could argue that the Welsh player deliberately knocked it out, it looked to me like a genuine attempt at getting the ball. He looked surprised when the ball was there, which suggests it wasn't deliberate. It wasn't a penalty try because it quite clearly bounced over his shoulder. Oh yeah, there was, no and he was way. not readjusting himself to, to dab that down. It wasn't there happening. Was no, yeah, there was no. I'm not sure it was a knock on. It wasn't obvious enough to say it was a knock on. I don't think. No, I think a yellow card was probably fair enough because a knock on just... by the by uh, movie. Yeah, I yeah, mean. yeah. No, I think it, it, it like it was a fair enough yellow card yeah he, he slapped at it didn't he and every time you do that, that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna risk yeah. yourself aren't you it should not have been a penalty shot because <laughs> no. there was no he wasn't denying a realistic choice for an opportunity he simply just wasn't and it was all after that that it all really turned to shit wasn't it let's be honest yeah it did it was going all right until then but uh... Dyer came back on that one good run didn't he that looked like it, it was going to turn into something, and then it was intercepted, and then Jesse Creel scored about three yeah. seconds later. Yeah, fucking rapid Creel, isn't he? You forget how rapid he really. is. He, he, for a man his size, and that is part of why he's sort of defensively as good as he is, is that he's a fucking huge unit. But fuck me, you can shift. Yes, line speed. Poor Tom Rogers, flapping at his ankles as he as he crumpled to the floor behind him. Basically, it was like a sort of dinosaur trying to sort of ankle tap a fucking asteroid, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like you might look big and scary in your fucking level, pal, but this is an extensive <laughs> level event. <laughs> I love the idea of a T-Rex with his tiny arms trying to somehow grip a fucking <laughs> a global killing asteroid as it comes in, yeah. Um Dan also brought guys into it. He says, shit is, is the confected outrage conflating valid criticism of Farrell with abuse. Stephen Jones desperately wants his beloved Saracen warrior to be the victim in all of this. He's just... I found yeah. that whole thing real weird. The sort of media, like, don't make this about Owen Farrell. 
It's like, why not? He did it. <laughs> like, He's just, everything. as every week goes by, it's just increasingly preposterous. I'll tell you what, though, if this no block thing on Twitter comes in, him and Haskell are going to have a hell of a day when that fucking switch goes, aren't they? Hell of a day. <laughs> the first thing I'm doing. Five just... million notifications that we get. <laughs> it's going to be Stephen Jones, Haskell, Joe Marler, Liam Austin Lee, Healy, Austin <laughs> Healy, and and I'm going to, I'm going to Sean Holly. He's having it. He's blocked me. Yeah. Sean Holly. He's going to get some. <laughs> I'm basically until that place goes down. I'm I'm going to be settling scores left, right, and centre. Maybe Allen. Hamish Allen says shit is England, and I never thought I'd say this as a Scot, but I'm not even taking any enjoyment out of how bad they are anymore. There's no joy to be had in it. They're no. real, just real. That's bad. how joyless it is. The whole thing is a joy vacuum from the minute they take the field. And apparently, it was like that in the warm up. Somebody was saying in the comments, it was horrific. Dave Price also says the whole TMO process about Dyer was shit and the rest of the world's performance as well. Yeah. Owen Glendur says shit is England. Yes. Imagine being so fucking bad that Ben Earl hoof wanking himself silly at squinty Irish lineouts is still your best player by a country mile. Very well put, Owen. Any more shit from you that we haven't covered? Let's move on to good. You got good? I have got kids. Uh, my my beautiful little son Andrew Kilpatrick so coming back and oh just, yes, just doing everything that he he does. Two tries, two brilliant finishes, gas for hours. Just, oh, I love Do you think it's going to keep doing this for you? Because obviously the adminotsi yes. then moved away and they brought Kapuotso in to keep you happy, you know. Yeah. And maybe when he, I'd love to see what's coming next. I mean, double Garbisi as well. By the way, for Italy, yeah, Garbisi squared. What what more could you want? Honestly, I I couldn't love Capozzi more. He just because he's just like it's, he he likes cats. He likes hanging out. Like there's a lovely there was a love his girlfriend posted a lovely picture of him cuddling his lovely little tortoiseshell cat the other day. I hope like, he don't sneeze oh, blood on him. Maybe that's why he's been out so long. Joe Taring says, "Good to see a Khaleesi playing like that first game back is ridiculous." Yes. Well, genuinely, we haven't like. I know we talk about it, but we are unbelievably good. Just <laughs> yes. too good. And that's before we were talking about him setting up that try, that blindside offload. Oh try yeah, the Oh yeah. Yes, ridiculous. Uh, Patricia Vieira gets in touch. Well, I know what this is going to be about. Yeah, good is Keith fucking Earls, she says. Score his 100th club and country try on his 100 tets cap after doing so much good along the way. I reacted to it almost as strongly as Ben Earl reacts to a knock-on. Yes. <laughs> it was a wonderful one. You know, you, you've had your, your your views on Keith Earls through the years, but I don't know anyone could deny he both deserved and that it was oh, a wonderful moment time. on Saturday. Big can time. You? Massively so. James Reese gets in touch. He says, good is Berlin, a beautiful city in a stunning country. Not the 80s band, okay? Never been to Berlin. One place I do need yeah, to go. To no. I spent a lot of time in... I was in Cologne this last year. That was that was quite nice. So also oh. good, he says, is the built different twins as double captains. How I love them. It is good. Oh. 
Phil Jones says that good is the Cami Lopez double drop goal klaxon in Bayon's victory over Toulouse on Friday night. Cami Lopez double drop goal. That's Genuine living all right. He moved to Bayon. He's basically been incredible. Right? <laughs> While looking but, just a little bit too chubby for a man who plays 10 at professional I'm level. Just saying. There could be a Stephen Donald situation on the field. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Um, I mean, the dream there is a Francois Tranzik Stephen Donald. That's settled for coming. He's not still playing, is he, Francois Tranzik? Yeah, he cannot he's be. He only retired last season, I think. Incredible. Let me have a look. I mean, it says is. He's still. Is he still? He's got to retire. I'm going to have a look. He says he still plays for Bordeaux Begler, but like that can't Don't believe be that for a second. I'm going to find that out. Why are you doing that? Leslie Ramage says, good. Is Scotland women having their sevens players back and those that have been out injured? Nicely time for the women's 15. Yes. I didn't mention in news either about Matt Banahan becoming the backs coach of Scotland women. Be massive. Have lots of tattoos. Take 300 uh, metres to get up to top speed. That's my <laughs> advice. Uh, Tranduk retired uh, literally at the end of last season, at the end of 2022. Remarkable. 52 uh, years young. He's only 35. Just feels like he's been That's definitely there. got Stephen Donald energy about it. Real. Real Stephen. I think he could still come back and do it. Yeah. Peter Dwivor said, and we mentioned this, said, good is uh, the Dane Cole's reaction to Steve Hansen. If you've not seen the video, you, you, you must have done by now if you haven't looked it up. Uh, Lloyd. Finally, Lloyd Maliphant says, "Good was Josh Navidi playing Bread Fan by Budgie in his pre-match DJ set. I never had him down as a new wave of British heavy metal guy." How has that happened? <laughs> Nobody yeah. knows. Probably TikTok. My kids keep turning up with like singing songs. I'm like, how do you know that TikTok? Things yeah. become like viral as backing tracks on TikTok, don't they? What's well, Skindred? You know, fucking. Newport Ragamettlers, you know, have a number two, had a number two album last week and very nearly got number one and literally had to have the entire forces of major label, like... <laughs> Corporatism, yes. Yeah, allied against them in order for them to not get number one and some fucking bland shit to get there instead because they decided that that was it. But, like, and that's purely because Skindred became a TikTok hit, like, a year or two ago, and it's revitalised... Their entire career. I think it's great because I think, well, yeah, why there not? Dude. I don't understand this modern world, Josh, and I'm now going to end this podcast while I try and yeah. contemplate it. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you, everybody, for your contributions and everything else that you bring our way. We'll see Indeed. you, speak to you again next week. Yeah, we will. For the final round of warm-ups before we head full-on into the World Cup, for which I will not be here for the first episode. No. no doubt Josh will arrange a suitable substitution. Maybe. Maybe I'll just do it on my own. Brilliant. Speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.